You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode, another season of Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson. That's me. I'm Alicia Watson. Um, I'm so glad that the new year is here. It's 2021. Well, we're actually well into 2021. It's February, but things are going pretty good so far. I'm not one for setting resolutions, but I do love me a good word (laughs) to have as a theme for the year for how I will conduct myself, for how I will um, set and manage my goals and just what I want to define my actions and behavior by um, every year. For 2020, as most of you know, if you listen to season one, episode two of this podcast, my word was excellence. Did I follow through on that word? In some aspects, I was really excellent at finding my voice, at regrowing my hair after stress-induced alopecia, which is a topic for another episode. I was excellent at taking care of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally in the midst of a global panoramic, which included quarantining, hopelessness, uncertainty, and just the whole weird vibe of whatever 2020 was. Well, Let me take that back. I was good with those things for most of the year. September through December was, those months were rough. (laughs) But that is also a story for another episode. But yeah, life definitely happened um, to most of us, if not all of us. And if nothing else, I'm just proud of myself because I never gave up and I never gave in. As hard as it got, as angry as I got, As scared as I was, as hurt as I was, and confused as I was at times, I never gave in. I think that one characteristic where God grew me was resilience. And I know he did that for a lot of us. There was just a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, you know, being taking two steps forward and being pushed back three, you know, but a lot of us got up. A lot of us never gave in. A lot of us pivoted and adjusted in ways that we needed to pivot and adjust and I think was God's way of growing us in that area. He coupled that with faith for me. And I feel like he held my head to his chest and just rocked me through some really tough emotions. I'm already empathic, I'm already emotional, but these are emotions that I guess I had suppressed. And the quietness and the stillness of 2020 just really allowed me to feel the feelings. He put me through a fire, I think, in those feelings. I think he put me through a fire to refine me and to purify me. So while it was tough, I was not lost in 2020. Like it says in James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So remembering this, I didn't take it personally. Um, I'd stick to that scripture whenever something's going like in a way that I don't want it to go, which happens often because I have some control issues, I think. Um, So I have to kind of lean into that scripture to remember that the things that I'm going through are not in vain. So I didn't take 2020 personally, but I tried to take something from the struggle. 
And um, January aside, 2021 feels a lot more hopeful. And it's not for any other reason than feeling like I can take some of those lessons that I got from 2020 and just take some action and start to see some of the changes that I have longed to see for so long. I believe that I will receive some very specific blessings that I know God has promised to me years ago, decades ago. In a sense, it's not just like all financial blessings, but just blessings of peace, blessings of progress, blessings of just seeing the manifestation of his glory in my life that he had revealed to me that I didn't really quite understand the steps it took to get there, but I feel like I've been taking those steps and I think he's gonna start to reveal those things in this year and beyond. I don't know, man, in my heart, I believe that this will be just an amazing year and it'll be an astounding year where we will really see God move in all of our lives, in our nation, in our children, in our culture. And I'm just really excited for it. I want to be on board with it and I want to be aligned with this plan. I want to be in position. Now, I don't expect things to change overnight, but I am resolving to commit to new habits across the board so that I am ready. Something that crossed my mind the other day was this habits win life. I'll say it again. Habits win life. I think about Jesus. Jesus had a habit of going away alone to spend time with God. Um, I think about successful people. Successful people have habits that lead to and sustain success. And what I've realized is that a lot of my habits have not been serving me. They don't push me toward or produce desired results. So it's necessary for me to change them if I want to see <laughs> those desired results. But forming a new habit requires consistent, constant discipline. It takes time and repetition. And most of all, it takes intention. So maybe you're like me and you're being more intentional. If you haven't guessed already, intentional is my word for 2021. Yay! Okay, by the end of January, I had already forgotten it. Life comes at you fast and you find yourself on the defense, feeling victimized, wishing you could just catch your breath for one moment. But being intentional facilitates that bossing up, that bossing up that I talked about in the last bonus episode of season one, that taking authority over the things that are coming at you, recognizing that there's power that you have when you stay in the presence of God to go on the offense instead of always being defensive, trying to protect yourself from everything that seems to be coming to take from you. It's taking the reins. It's stopping your runaway car of life and telling it where to go. Here's the definition of intentional because you know I loves me a good definition. Intentional, done on purpose, deliberate. It's the perfect word for a God girl chasing after her purpose, right? Intentional isn't a passive state of being. Intentional means that you are actively waking up, creating the life that you know that you're supposed to be living, doing the things that you know will benefit you and others best. It's taking responsibility for what's going on in your life, even if you can't control it. Like what you can control, you do. Habits are the result of routines. Routines are intentional and consistently done, they can become habits. You know, habits can become your lifestyle and your lifestyle greatly affects your life. If you want a certain type of life, you have to create routines. You have to form habits that support that life that you want. For instance, if you wanna be fit, you have to intentionally and consistently make a routine of going to the gym. 
if you go to the gym more than you don't go to the gym, it becomes a habit. This year, I am also setting goals, financial goals, life goals, personal goals, spiritual goals, including radical obedience. And I know it sounds weird for me to say that because it would seem that a person like me would already have had goals. And in a sense, I did have goals, but they weren't major goals and they weren't measurable goals. They weren't like smart goals. They weren't specific. The reason for that was that again, I was in this place where I was pretty much stuck. I didn't wanna make the wrong move. I wanted God to tell me what to do, where to go, how to do it, who to do it with, so that I was not out of alignment with him. I had feared acting in disobedience and I was just really tired of trusting myself and getting detoured. So I just kind of sat down, I popped a squat. <laughs> I crossed my legs and said, God, I'm not getting up until you tell me where to go and what to do and how to do it. Um, so in essence, my cart was running downhill on one of those like mountainside cliffs where, you know, like in California where it's like all swirly and you're looking out and there's no railings and one slip of your tire and you're going down the mountainside into the ocean. Like that's how my cart was going downhill. And um, I was just looking at God like, uh, are you gonna get this under control or not? And um, not really, he didn't. <laughs> because I've heard it said that you got to give God something to bless. And I'm starting to embrace this truth. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That telling him what you need part is ripe opportunity for him to show up and show out if i'm just sitting there like i don't need anything i don't want anything i don't desire anything um, i just want you to take the reins and do everything because i want to be in control and if i can't be in control i don't want to do anything <laughs> i don't want to take those chances i don't want to put myself at risk i want to control everything or i'm not doing anything at all it's like i'm gonna take my ball and go home <laughs> if i can't control the game God is not gonna, he's not gonna play by my rules, right? And so I've been feeling stuck because God's been waiting on me to get up and move my feet towards the things that not only he wants for me, but to allow him to bless me and be a good father and give me some of the things that I want that of course align with what he has planned for my life or, you know, shift the alignment because I believe he's always creating, you know, he's He created in the beginning, but, he stands outside of time, right? So he can create as he goes. <laughs> he can readjust, he can change the plan as he goes, if it can align with his will and purpose, you know? So I think we ought to tell him what we want and thank him for what he's done, just like the scripture says, and live and rest in that peace that we have. If you're stuck not being decisive, not taking risks, or not doing the hard work, then it will be hard for you to see the move of God. He's not going to show up and push you into anything. And he might not even show up and tell you exactly what your next steps are. You just have to trust him and make moves and know that he can reach out and redirect. Pray about the way that you should go, yes. Even pray bold prayers about the ways that you want to go. But God hears and will answer. That's what that's where the trust comes in. That's what we need to depend on. Not that he'll do what we want him to do or say what we want him to say, but that he does hear and will answer in whatever way he sees fit. And that's where we need to trust him. Here's the thing, though. Letting life happen to you and feeling victimized, like feeling out of control is also intentional. 
you know, doing nothing on purpose or just going through the motions is intentionally shirking the responsibility of your life. If you can't admit that where you are currently is also a result of your actions, then it's going to be hard to change them. That's what I've come to understand about myself, that in as much as I want to ask God to put me in a different position, ask God to change things, ask God to tell me exactly what to do and let me move in obedience. There is an obedience that comes in trusting him. There's an obedience that comes in the wisdom and knowledge that he's already given me to know that if I want a, the rules of science that he's already put in place also mean that I have to do B and C to get back to A, you know, back to that fitness thing. If we want to be fit, we have to work out and we have to eat appropriately to change the dynamics of our body. Like he can make a miracle happen, but for the most part, like these are pretty simple things that we already know to do. And sometimes it's just easier to ask God for a miracle than to actually do the work. And I know that in some senses where I have been has been because I've been afraid to do the work because of what might result again having control issues so I'm intentionally allowing God to be in charge allowing God to be the Lord and Savior of my life you know Jesus is my Lord and Savior lording means that he has the authority over everything that's going on and he's saving me consistently not just from the pits of hell but from even things that are happening on earth as a result of it being the playground of the enemy my favorite quote that i've lived by since i was 16 is this if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change the way you think about it don't complain i first read it in my angelos i know why the cage bird sings so i attribute it to that when i hear that quote um, i found it even at 16 to be empowering and motivating and I just really held on to that and let it really guide my life as I started to feel these feelings of just unrest and feelings of dissatisfaction with things that were going on. Like when I started to feel victimized. Later on, I started to couple that with the first part of the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. These two ideas have kept me from remaining at a low when life knocked the wind out of me. When things weren't going the way I expected that they would, it just, they helped me to get a grasp on my abilities and responsibilities to change the direction. They kept me optimistic and kept me searching for ways that I can improve my situations, even if it just meant a mindset shift. Like if I can't change it, change the way I think about it, change my perspective, get a higher level of view. I recognized that for a while now, I had stopped holding on to these guideposts. I took punches, I hit the mat, and I just let the countdown begin. I've not been bold and I've not been courageous to take steps and make changes through discomfort which is another thing that I've learned about myself. I really like to be comfortable to my detriment, but I have more fight in me. I know it, so I'm hopping up. I am intentionally changing my mind to make it more positive. This is ongoing. I can fall back into old habits easily if I am not intentional about creating these new mindset habits. Faith is a habit. You have to actively choose to believe God is at work and that he knows what's best. And then you have to take actions based on that belief. So I've decided that even if I make a move that's not a move he wants me to make, it will be a lesson. 
And through that lesson, he will strengthen me and grow me in some way so that I can be prepared for whatever he wants me to do and wherever he wants me to go. Change is a verb. And I realized that my actions have been very, very passive. Um, even in the context of my obedience, I've been doing just what I've been told so I don't get in trouble with God. Like this podcast, for instance, I'm so amazed that it has so many downloads because real talk, I've marketed or talked about it in some way, maybe a hundred times since it's began. But people listen and they connect and they respond. And I'm just, I'm really thankful that I showed up for them. But another level is required, and I know that. I know that complete obedience means spreading the word further than the people I feel comfortable with. And I just can't be okay with people stumbling upon this podcast or my book or my business or just me in general. That wasn't the assignment. I'm here to reach more than my contacts list and more than their contact list. And I have to agree in my heart to lead the safety of people who know me and be willing to be on the radar of people who don't. Because again, that's comfort and I like comfort, but comfort is not my calling. These could be people who misunderstand me or question me or discredit me or attack me or whatever. I have to trust that wherever he sends me, he's there waiting and willing and able to protect me. And I have to believe that the same can be said for you. If you're like me and you enjoy comfort and you enjoy hiding and you enjoy obscurity in the background, but you know that God is calling you out, even if it's not on a huge platform, if he's calling you, if you feel like a ping and a nudge to talk to that lady in the line at the grocery store and it's just not letting up and it's strong on you, but you don't want to look crazy to the lady. You don't want to say something wrong. You don't want to disturb her peace. You don't want to, you want to protect yourself. That gets us out of alignment with what he's trying to do. I know so many people that reach out to me and I'm no, by no means an expert at podcasting, but they'll ask me because they know me and they trust me, like how to start a podcast and what to do. And I'll point them towards the same YouTube sequence of videos that helped me to start my podcast and they'll still not start it. I know it's because of, again, those voices in your head that says, what if people don't like it? Or what if people talk about me? What if people, what if I sound stupid? What if, what if, what if, or look at this person, they already did the idea that I had, or there's all these other factors that don't really matter to the one person that they could be touching and impacting through the use of their voice and the actions that they could be taking, even if it's just themselves. You know, being able to set your mind on one task and see that task through to completion, like that's life changing for a person in and of themselves. You know, that builds confidence for that person within themselves. But the enemy will place these things within our pathways to protect us and our egos when our egos don't really need protecting by us. There is a point to which you have to expose yourself to allow God to do the protecting. It's like a quarterback. Why do I always have football references? I don't know, but I like football. Blame it on me being a daddy's girl. But it's like a quarterback who understands that his offensive line is there to protect him. There's so much trust that you have to put to be behind this wall of just 300, late 200 pound men 
that are holding off these other 300 late 200 pound men coming to plow you to the ground so that you can do the action that you're there to do, which is throw the ball or move the ball down the field. We're not moving our balls down the field because we don't trust our line. Our line is God and God is, he's like a brick wall that nobody's gonna get through unless he allows them to. And if he allows them to, then please believe it's for his glory and for your growth, for your good in some way. Even if it's painful, even if there's discomfort with it, you're going to grow and you're going to be better. You're going to be better equipped to move into that next game to take other hits because sometimes hits are inevitable. When I sat down and crossed my legs is because I didn't want to take hits, but hits are inevitable because they strengthen us. I didn't want to play the game because I felt like I was taking hits, like I was being sacked at every turn. But sometimes they create that confidence to be able to pick yourself back up and continue to make the plays to get towards the win. Because if there is no opposition, if there is no obstacle to overcome, then you don't become better. You just don't. There's a level of natural talent that we have. There's a level of gifting that we have but it still needs to be tweaked it still needs to be refined it still needs to be put through the fire and i know that i have to be intentional about preparing for what's going to come i have to prepare for the hits the quarterbacks that you see aren't scrawny <laughs> you know they aren't unprepared they aren't weak they're in a position of leadership quarterbacks put themselves in a position to be targeted but they're also in a position of leadership and sometimes when you sit down to protect yourself, you lead the rest of your team, you lead the rest of the people that you're supposed to lead, your children, your husband, your wife, your family, your coworkers, your friends, you leave them without strategy, without leadership, without inspiration, without a goal that you're supposed to convey to them because of your positioning. When you're sitting down, you're out of position. And if you're sitting down out of position because you don't wanna take hits, because you don't want to be harmed, because you don't trust the line that God has put in front of you, or you don't trust that God himself is your line, then it's very easy to feel victimized for not winning any games. If you want to win games, you got to stand up. You got to allow your line to protect you. You got to allow God to protect you. And you have to be determined and intentional about strategizing to move the ball down the field. Your strategy does not need to include protecting yourself because that's the job of your line. That's the job of God. I don't know what your word is for 2021 or if you even have one, but feel free to take mine. I think any word that you come up with requires that you intentionally live it out. So intentional is a great starting point. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. Send a DM and let's chat. If you know someone who's like us, please share this episode with them. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to find podcasts. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has taken a moment to do all of that. I hope you have a magnificent week, everyone. We'll see you again Monday. Thanks again. Okay, bye.